Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, happy Wednesday. Uh, congratulations on making it this far in the year, I think. Uh, not very good with maths, but I think there's only like nine or ten weeks left until the end of the year. How exciting is this? And I just also want to say very, very quickly, um, but very, very genuinely and with such sincerity, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the podcast because um, I heard from a platform called Listen Notes today that our podcast, the one that you're listening to right now, like our podcast, um, is in the top five percent globally for most popular podcasts so I wanted to say thank you um that's happened because you listened to it and I appreciate you so 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 much now uh since I did last week's episode a couple of people have asked me uh, for an update on the Etsy store. So I'll just do that before I forget because you know what I'm like with my memory. <laughs> so um, Etsy looks like it's going okay at the moment. I think I'm in week seven. Um, the at, at the moment, I've just uploaded another three products just now before I came on to do the podcast. And I think we're now up to 90 products in the Hay Therapist store. Um, and what I'm doing now is full transparency. I'm looking through Dropbox <laughs> and I'm looking for anything that I've got that's relevant to therapists. And I'm seeing now if I can repackage that, update it, refresh it, improve it. Um, and if it's relevant and if it's, you know, good quality, then, of course, I've started to um, pop them up in the store. So today I found three audio recordings, which is so much fun because I used to be really nervous about doing them. But the good thing about the audio recordings that I remembered was um, somebody had asked me ages ago, could I do them without music because he was uh, neurodivergent and found the music very distracting. So uh, the three that I just put up today don't have music. So um, it was just fortunate that it worked out that way for me in terms of being able to upload them to the store. Now, in terms of dollars and cents, um, to date, there have been now 75 sales uh, out of 23 orders. I think it's 23 orders or 33 orders, but there've been 75 sales. So what that means is that um, when somebody makes a purchase, that's called an order and they might buy five things. So that's five sales, right? See what I mean? Like 33 orders or 23 orders, 75 sales. That's what happens. Um, so anyway, and the dollar amount of the sales to date, so that's October and then um, the last week or two of September, um, so since I started, is 597 US dollars. So I think that's about, I don't know, the Australian dollar is so bad at the moment. It's probably, I don't know, $800 Australian which I think is heading in the right direction because it's really early days. And the idea of this Etsy shop was to be able to create additional passive income um, so that I could, of course, you know, I'm, 
I look after my mum and this will just be an extra level of security and safety for me in my business to know that I can actually, you know, make some money while I'm not really working, if that makes sense. So it's passive income once you load everything up. (laughs) The other thing that I've learned about having an Etsy store is that, um, it's really affordable, which is great. Like it cost me 20 cents to list something and that listing stays active for four months and then you can set it to auto renew. Um, and the other thing that I learned was it's really, really, really important to do two things. Number one, have a lot of products or items on your store because nobody likes to walk into an empty shop, right? Because I'd like to in my mind, I see my little Etsy store, although it's online, I see it as kind of being like a a beautiful department store that's full of all wonderful things, you know. And so in my little store, they call it categories on on Etsy, but in my mind, I see it as departments. (laughs) And um, I'm very, are you being served, you know? (laughs) Oh gosh, really showing my age now. But anyway, um, yeah, I see it in my mind as little departments. And so I've opened up a few more little departments in my store and one of them's for spiritual things and I'll keep adding to that. So that was one thing, like you have to have a lot of volume of products. So it means that for me, I'm averaging about two or three products a day going into that store. Um, and then the other thing that I learned was um, – you never know what people are going to want to buy. So I thought that my audience would want to buy a particular thing and it was my fully booked private practice planner. And I thought that they would want that because I had validated my offer. You know, I'd, I'd gone in, I'd asked everyone what they needed, etc., etc. I had tested it. You know, I test everything, don't I? I had tested it. I got reviews and testimonials for it. Oh, wonderful. Da, 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 da. Put it in my store and thought it was going to be my best selling item. I don't know that. I think maybe it's had two sales. The thing that um, is really interesting is you just never know, <laughs> despite your best research. Uh, well, this was my experience anyway. I just had. And no idea what people were going to want to buy. And so it's interesting now that we're approaching 100 sales, you know, on 75. So there's only, what, 25 more sales to go. And then I can really start to get a clear picture of what's moving in the store. Um, but, yeah, it's just really interesting to see because, yeah, you think that people are going to want one thing, but actually they want something else completely different. So um, that would be if you're thinking about, Um, opening an Etsy store now as I understand some of you are Um, that's wonderful but do think about having a variety of things um, on your store okay so yeah I am loving it but you know me I go through phases it's the masculine energy and the feminine actually I get really swept away in things for a few months and then I'm just like, I don't ever want to look at Etsy ever again. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is just ride this wave of momentum while I've got it and fill up that store uh, with as much as I possibly can. And then I'll just add to it periodically, Um, not going at like a bull at a gate, which is what I'm doing now. But that's okay. 
Now, the other thing that I wanted to share with you too was, you know, I'm doing this little bit of a social experiment um, with myself at the moment and I'm about two thirds of the way through that and that's been really interesting. It's something that I want to share with you as you know, um, but I I need to finish it first and analyze uh, the results and then I want to repeat it because guess what? I kind of fell off the wagon with it a little bit. Again, total transparency. I was tracking a few things um like I always track my numbers I always track inquiries I always track referrals things like that but I was also making a Trello board and in the Trello board I was using it to um, make notes about what I was doing um so that if this all worked out like my my very secret project if, <laughs> if it all worked out then I would be able to make it all pretty and nice and um you know share it with you so um yeah fell off the wagon with that I'm pretty sure I can remember what I did but um yeah I have to be more diligent with that so that's now in the diary is a formal thing to do so I might be doing my little experiment for another 30 days and we'll see how we go with that but um so far it looks like um, what I'm doing is working. So I'm very excited to be able to tell you more about that. And then the other thing that I wanted to share with you as well was, um, yeah, just the universe really, um, you know, is talking with some people around uh, manifesting in the private practice are very interested in how do I um, get more clients? You know, that's a big question. So when people join my groups, I ask them in the join up questions, you know, where do you need help? What are you struggling with? And every day, probably nine out of 10 people will tell me finding clients. So anyway, I've been consulting the cards and you know, it's been really interesting. Um, two days now, so Monday, Tuesday, the same card came out, which was guidance around, you know, stepping back, having a rest, you know, nurturing, recharging the batteries and things like that, which of course makes a world of sense because in order to be um, manifesting what you want, you've got to allow space to receive right though in the moment it kind of feels counterintuitive you're like oh yeah right so you just want me to go for walks in nature and pick daisies and you know drink coffee in the you know in the beautiful seaside with the open air and blah 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 I've got a business to run I need clients I need money I need you know all that whatever it is that goes through our heads right so it feels counterintuitive but honestly I can share with you that it worked for me um the other thing that um, I know for myself, and I did a little video on this today on my Facebook business page. I streamed it from Zoom actually onto the page and I had to do it twice because Facebook wasn't um, loading the video for some reason. I don't know. Anyway, um, what I realized was sometimes when we're focusing on the absence of things, we're not actually um, acknowledging and giving space for the things that we've already got which as you know is super important to do because when we raise our vibration to one of gratitude and even better one of appreciation we become a vibrational match to more things to be grateful and appreciative for and for you and I that means in our business in our private practice so there was that but what I want to talk with you about today is um this whole idea of cause and effect because it's come up again um I spoke about cause and effect on a previous podcast episode I think gosh 
we're up to 320 episodes now, so I can't really recall when it was. Um, but it's so important because especially when it comes to marketing your private practice, um, but not only that, especially when it comes to manifesting and creating success in the way you define success uh, in your business. So here's what it looks like. If you are, um, you know, experiencing some unwanted thing, maybe it's a lack of clients, it's a paucity of clients um, and you're saying, well, you know what, I'm in this situation, I've got no clients and no one's booking in and it's because all the psychologists are taking away my clients and um, we should be on Medicare or whatever it is that you say to yourself, right? We've all got our own little inner dialogues. Um, When you're in that space, what's happening is you are running the practice at effect, right you are running the practice at as a result of the effect of other people's actions or other people's inaction right so what this means is you're like in that victim mentality or in that victim role why is this happening to me it isn't fair maybe I should go back to paid employment um I thought I was doing it the right way. Um, Maybe I should lower my fees, all this. No one wants to pay for my service. They all want to go and see psychologists, stuff like that. That is the victim mindset. It's also, you'll remember it from previous podcast episodes about the four levels of consciousness in um, private practice. And with that very first level being to me consciousness, which is everything's happening to you. Um, Everything's way out of your control. You're just at the mercy of everything. Nothing you do is working. Nothing you do is is going um, well for you or the right way. Um, Irrespective of, you know, you're just kind of in a space now where you just want to sit down and have a big cry. And do you know what? If you want to do that, that's totally fine. But here's the thing, you and I both know, we both know that everything that happens is temporary, okay? As a Buddhist principle as well, isn't it? That, you know, everything is temporary. Um, When we think about physics and quantum physics, we know that nothing stays the same, that everything's changing all of the time. So... This may give you comfort if you're ready to hear it. If you're not ready to hear it and you need to sit in your stuff, sit in your stuff, okay? Um, This is not a push or a pull to get you out of it. This is acknowledging you need to sit in your stuff sometimes. Even I sit in my stuff sometimes. But you will get to a point where you realize that you're ready and that something needs to change, something needs to give. And when you're in that level of awareness, you move into, when we speak about the levels of consciousness, you then move into by me consciousness. And that's where you start to take responsibility for things, but in a different way. So um, this is really important because it puts you back in control of the practice. It puts you back in control of the business. Um, And that just has so many benefits, right? Because suddenly you get to direct everything. But when when we're in this, right, we are now operating the practice from cause not effect cause so the first thing to do is to say okay what's this situation that I'm finding the business in right now how did I cause it 
what did I do that's resulted in this unwanted outcome? Or perhaps it was, what didn't I do (laughs) that's resulted in this outcome? Did I not have the right forms signed off on? Did I not have the right processes in place? Did I not have um, automation set up? Did I, you know, was I posting the wrong way on social media? Um, Was I being too general on my website? All those sorts of things. So you want to identify how the behaviors or the thoughts or the feeling or the way you were showing up in your practice caused this unwanted situation that's you taking responsibility I know it's a bitter pill to swallow isn't it <laughs> a bitter pill to swallow so that 10 times fast um and then what I want you to do is like shift then into okay now that I understand that and I understand how it was caused how can I now be the cause of change right? What do I need to do? If I was responsible for creating change, what would that change look like? What do I need to do next? What's my next aligned action? All of those sorts of things. So, and when you step into that level of consciousness, um, big shifts happen, big changes happen, the momentum returns, your confidence returns, you're taking action again and things start improving and getting better. So this is such an important concept to understand. So, you know, I love spiritual spirituality and I create you know, frameworks around what it looks like in private practice for you. Um, And today we're talking about the four levels of consciousness, but, um, you know, cause and effect actually comes from two places. It comes from psychology and it comes from neuro-linguistic programming or NLP. I haven't studied NLP in any great depth or, or detail and it wasn't ever something that was studied in all my 14 years of university training at, at Monash. Um, but that concept of living at cause and living effect is um, shared between both psychology and NLP. So if you want to learn more about cause and effect, you can definitely go and look it up and that'd be the two places to go and have a look. Um, but yeah, it's interesting stuff. And, you know, I think this is also um, interesting from another perspective, which is, you know, a a client perspective as well, thinking about, you know, some of the clients that you're working with now, um, I'm sure you're able to think about the the person you saw at nine o'clock this morning and ask yourself, is this person living at cause or are they living at effect? Um, You know, maybe you can think of um, other clients that you work with, you know, your one o'clock or your two o'clock and ask yourself, were they today in session at cause or effect and it's just interesting and once you become aware of it it stays with you like it's really hard to unlearn things Um, and this can be a really really helpful effective powerful lens for looking at what's going on in your private practice so I'm sharing it with you today because um, I want you to have results I really want you to be so successful in your business Um, and I would love for you to go and grab your you know podcast journal and, and pen and make a note and just ask yourself check in with yourself am I you know living at cause or effect here or am I showing up in my business at cause or effect or am I seeing this situation from cause or effect 
And if it is a fact, the next question to ask yourself in the journal will be, well, if I was living at cause, what would I be doing? Like, how would I be taking control of the situation? So um, there are two great journal prompts there that you've got now um, that you can use that will be very, very expansive for you and really help you um, create change in the right direction to experience greater results more impact um, you know be more effective with the business and with the clients that you work with so I know do you love it so much I love it so much and the other thing I love so much is we've had a whole bunch of new people join the private practice success hub Um, and if that's you and you're listening hey I want to say thank you so much I hope that you love it um some people were saying in there today that they've been downloading all the resources and they're working through them step by step and it's so nice it was a portal that was set up for people who are new to private practice or people who are in private practice but perhaps just need to tidy up a few things and once you've set up the practice and tidied up a few things then you get to move into the other group which is the inner circle and it's in the inner circle that we have you know deeper conversations um, and other tools that um, are along the frameworks that I use to help you with marketing from soul, marketing from that spiritual space so that it feels really good and light and easy. Um, And even there's a training in the Success Hub at the moment, it comes down tomorrow. So if you want to join, (laughs) you've got like 24 hours, it comes down tomorrow tomorrow. And it's all on marketing with soul so that you don't have to be pushing and feel like a, you know, a a, a salesman feeling or anything like that. So and that's been getting some really, really, really wonderful feedback. So if you struggle with marketing and you need to get clients and stuff like that, maybe jump into the success hub and, you know, watch that training before it disappears. If you're in the inner circle, um, you will receive it when I take it out of the success hub tomorrow. So that'll probably be tomorrow night in Australia time, right? Anyway, thank you so much for listening and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for making this such a popular podcast. I had no idea that so many of you listened and from all over the world as well. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you so much. And if you have requests, for a podcast topic, let me know. Just contact me on Facebook or on Instagram at The Private Practice Coach. Bye for now, everyone. Have a lovely evening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Private Practice with Soul podcast. Thank you so much for your lovely feedback about um, the last episode, which is about the trip to Morocco. And well, not the trip to Morocco, but one of the things that I experienced while I was there. Um, Funnily enough, I've had requests from people to speak more about the um, spiritual experiences and education and learnings that I've had overseas. And uh, today I'm going to talk with you about one of the very favorite memories that I have, because I think it's really relevant to what I'm going through in my um practice at the moment and I know many of you are going through in your practice at the moment also so um, just to give you some background 
in business, uh, I think it's, we've mentioned it before, but I feel like it's one of our defaults to feel like um, if we're not seeing all of the things that we want to see, we feel like we need to shackle ourselves to our computers and do more things, right? Um, And it feels so counterintuitive to step back into uh, that feminine energy of receiving. And when I'm talking about that, you know, even I've struggled with that. Um, It wasn't this week, it was the week before. I was just um, caught up in all of that doing. And the last thing that I really wanted to do was step away from that um, and go and have, you know, a lovely time somewhere doing something else and fill my cup. Um, So, yeah, that's what today's um, story is about and how how it relates to that but let me tell you about this experience that I had and um, how it's come about so yesterday I was talking to my coach and um, I was thinking to myself you know uh, there are definitely more opportunities for me to be doing some of the uh, more feminine work I'm very much core core masculine essence um so sometimes I get in my head about being in the feminine I'm like oh it's such a waste of time to go and taste wine or eat cheese or you know what I mean like move my body and things like that um and I'd much rather be sensible and stay in front of the computer and do things um but I also know that when I step back good things happen so I was thinking about what could I do that would um, really be nourishing and fill my cup. And so I was journaling and I was thinking about how much like I'm a water baby. I don't know why. I love being submerged in water. It's just lovely. Like I've just had this, as you know, I've just had this spa put out the back. Um, I'm still waiting for the, I don't know, the council guy to come and tick it off and everything. But before I can fill it but hey now gas prices and electricity prices are set to increase to 50% or something (laughs) maybe I'm gonna have to get a huge solar battery for my spa I don't know we'll figure that out later but anyway so I was thinking about water and how much I love being in water like I could stay under the shower for the longest time I could stay in a um, really beautiful bath with all my candles and everything for the longest time and I do (laughs) And I was thinking about um, bathing overseas and one of the things that I really, really loved when I was in um, Arabia, in in the Persian Gulf, there was um, a traditional hammam. So hammam is spelt H-A-M-M-A-M and uh, I'll never forget the first time that I experienced it. It was um, just sort of bathing on a next level. So let me describe it for you. Basically, you're walking along all these really dusty, crowded streets. There's donkeys, there's camels, there's um, what else? There's a lot of cars and they've got something called the Cairo Kiss, which um, you might want to turn your sound down for a minute as I mimic the sound of a kiss. But listen like that that's called the Cairo kiss and that happens when the cars are so close that they rub against each other (laughs) so there's a lot of hustle and bustle in Cairo um, and around uh, all those areas in the Middle East when I was there and uh, 
Anyway, so it's like crazy. And then everything's just alleys. Like there weren't any um, asphalted roads. Everything's done alleys and um, busy alleys. And there's also people selling, like there's these carts on the alleys, um, um, you know, like a traditional horse and cart type thing, but without the big umbrella on the top. And it would be people selling eggs, milk, meat, all of this sort of stuff and calling out that they were selling it um, and they're all wearing these really long robes and it's just, oh, it's amazing. I just, I love it so much. And anyway, I was going down one of these alleys and um, uh, this guy came up and he was saying, hamam, hamam, and I didn't know what hamam was. And um, he was saying, hamam, hamam. And so anyway, um, I just followed him. I just went along with him because, you know me, I'm open for new adventures all the time. <laughs> so I just followed him. I was like, yeah, okay, we'll go and check this out and see what it is. And he takes me to the end of this alleyway and um, I'm standing in front of this great big terracotta dome. And I'm thinking, oh, what's this? <laughs> it's this huge terracotta dome just sitting on, on the road. And uh Anyway, I've got to walk down some stairs and, and I go inside and um, I have to take off my shoes and everything. It's all fine. And then I go through this big door. It's like this big old wooden carved, um, very ornate door, um, which is typical for the region. So and then anyway, I open it up, I go inside and then holy smokes, this place was amazing. So I'm downstairs and... It's like a sunken um, place. So the dome is actually probably about three stories up. And I'm I'm three stories down looking up at the dome. And um, anyway, everything's kind of under this dome. And there's a reception area. I'm at the reception area. I'm like, what is this place? Turns out it's um, a bathing house. I had no idea what to expect. There weren't any fancy brochures. There weren't any business cards. But there was a, um Arabic lady in all her gear and she um, took me by the hand and um, was so loving and just so, you know, thankful that I was there. And so anyway, she takes me into um, this bathroom and she's like, you know, get undressed and she's motioning to She can't speak English. Um but she's motioning to me to get undressed. So I get undressed and um, she gives me like this very thin, well, they're popular now, aren't they? Like the Turkish towels is like so thin. Um, it's just this white Turkish towel. And then I wrap it around me and she puts my hair up for me. And that because I had long hair then, I could sit on it. So she puts my hair up. And then um, she takes me out into this other room and, oh, my gosh, I go out into this other room and it is oh, just, it's marble everywhere. It's marble everywhere. Like there is, um, it's white marble with the grey through it. It's marble on the floor, marble on the walls. Um, uh, it's a huge room. Around the edge of the room, there's a marble bench that you can sit on. And every now and again, there's a white marble basin. So she takes me over there and this room is steamy and it's humid. I'm the only one there um, and it, it just feels so comfortable, right? It just feels the temperature is just perfect. Um, it's just, yeah, it's so comfortable. And um, anyway, so I'm looking around. I don't know what the basin's for. 
And I see in the middle of the room, there's a raised um, marble slab, right? And there's some, um, uh, you know, as is true of the area, um, a lot of the area is um, decorated with like tessellated tiles in very geometric patterns, okay? There's a lot of sacred geometry in the Middle East um, and a lot of this comes from, well, when we're talking about the Turkish hammam baths they go back I think it's like 600 years or something like that um, something to do with um, Istanbul being taken over um, and the Ottoman Empire but anyway this was one of the one of the things that was introduced into the region these baths and anyway so there's this great big it was a circle great big marble circle and I was like what's going to happen here and then anyway I'm sitting beside the um, white bath I mean the I'm sitting on the bench and I've got the white marble sinks beside me um, and it's so warm okay and what you're doing is you're just kind of sweating you're just starting to sweat but you don't feel exhausted or anything like that and then what happens is the lady or the attendant, she comes over to you and um, she isn't wearing anything either. Um, I think she's just wearing, what did she have on? She wasn't, she wasn't entirely undressed, but she pretty much wasn't wearing anything. And she comes over and she takes you over to the big slab in the middle of the room and you have to lay down on your belly um, on your towel and um, anyway what she does is she gets this mitt and I think from memory the mitt was called oh, I don't know a, a korma or a kerna or something like that and it was something started with K and it's this black mitt and I swear this black mitt was like really hard sandpaper and she just gets in there and she scrubs 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 she scrubs every inch of your body and I mean every inch of your body and it is brutal it it's brutal it stings but it kind of feels good it's rough but it kind of feels good um you know you get to see like all this skin just sloughed off your body it all comes off in rolls um layers and layers of it um and she just keeps working, working, working. And then you get rolled over and then the same thing happens. Um, and the whole process probably takes about 45 minutes. Like they're pretty serious about it. Um, and yeah, when you're there, like um, for they keep, um, just in case you're wondering, all the women do it in one room, the men do it in another room, right? And then... After that happens, um, you then go and wash it off and then you come back and then you lay down again and they've got this um, bucket and in the bucket there's some soap suddy detergent stuff and I don't know how they do it but they, they wring it out over you, this cloth, and it makes like this great big mountain of bubbles all over you. And it keeps you really warm while they continue to slough off what they didn't get the first time around. <laughs> and it's amazing just like how many bubbles. Like if you've ever 
um, had children or been around children, you know, you, you fill up their, their bath with all these bubbles. Yeah, multiply that by like a thousand. Like there's just so many bubbles everywhere um, and keeps you really nice and warm. So that's lovely. And then you go and rinse all of that off and then you sit in the sauna for a while just to open up all of your pores and everything. Then you go and have a rinse again and then you come back out into the marble slab and then they massage you with, well, for me, it was um, a lotion that was milk and honey um, and they just rub that so like deeply and so lovingly and so firmly and so kindly into every pore of your skin and then you turn over and then they um, finish and they keep rubbing it in and, and everything and then they put it even on your face and then they even like give you like a head massage and everything so the whole experience takes from beginning to end maybe two hours three and then after all of that's happened um you don't have to rinse it off or anything like that you go out into another area where you're totally pampered it's like you're you're treated like royalty they give you a robe and some slippers and you put them on and you sit out in this beautiful courtyard um under another dome it's still really warm and everything but there's like lush trees around um, and they bring you out dates um, and yogurt and you dip the dates in the yogurt and you eat those and you have some nuts um, and it's all like really traditional and they make you um, like mint tea and stuff like that and you enjoy that and you just allow yourself to really soak up you know this this beautiful beautiful energy that um has been infused into your body and for me it was so much more than a bath or a bathing experience because for me it was like a metaphor for um, getting rid of what's no longer wanted and creating space for, um, you know, what is wanted. But it also reminded me so much of um, the importance of loving your body um, and allowing your body to be loved. And I think, um, I don't know, when I hear phrases like self-care they've never really gelled for me but I feel like um, this was not self-care this was more self-love this was more self-appreciation it was more self-respect and um, the other thing that made the experience so beautiful was the woman who does it so it's women work with women and the men work with the men um, you know attendance so you will never be, if you're a woman, you'll never be paired with a, a man and vice versa. Um, so there was just like this sense of sisterhood. There was this sense of connection to the old. There was a sense of connection to history. There was a sense of connection that surpassed cultures. There was a sense of um, deep love and deep connection between this lady and I because I had just been completely vulnerable with her and she had not judged me she had not um do you know what I mean like I hope this is making sense but it was just on a spiritual level it was just such a very powerful experience I just felt totally held totally accepted totally received um and I allowed myself to receive 
and I allowed myself to be cared for, to be held, all, all of those sorts of things. And that dynamic just rose above other other things that could have been limitations like language barriers or like cultural differences and stuff like that. And so it really for me was an eye-opening experience in that that was one of the first times I realised that um, energy is energy and that I can experience flow, I can um, give, I can receive um, and that she could give, she could receive and that things that happen to us as humans um, are very much human experiences. And I'd heard people like Dr. Joe Dispenza talk about that and um you know, I'd never really, like I had learned it. So I had the knowledge, but having the experience of it is something that you can never unexperience. And it's something you can never unlearn. And I really, I felt more connected and more a part of the world and the planet and the space and the divine and consciousness um, as a result of that experience and it just was so deep and so profound that it's never ever 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 left me so when I was thinking yesterday about how much I really like being around water and things like that I was also thinking to myself the importance of allowing and I realized I haven't been allowing um, things for myself that I can do but I also haven't been allowing others to help me like I've got this coach and he's great but a lot of the time I I want to do it myself. <laughs> um, so now I'm. It, it's constantly learning, right? You're constantly learning. And I'm just in this, you know, there's rhythms and cycles in business. And for me too, there's rhythms and cycles. And I'm just in this um, part of the cycle at the moment where I'm having to learn to be open again and learn to be vulnerable again um, because I know when I do that, um, connections happen and that's what's really important to me so what I want you to take away from this episode today is that when you're doing all of the things but you're not receiving I really want you to think about truly and deeply what receiving would actually mean for you and what would receiving require you to let go of like why are you not allowing yourself to receive what is preventing you from receiving and you know one of the other things that I learned when I was um, my travels overseas was the importance of music I was in um, I'm just going off tangent now so just come along with me for a moment but one of the things was um, I took a trip to Jordan and I stayed in Petra by myself and um, I was at like staying at um, it was an Airbnb but it was the Airbnb was a room in someone in a family's home um, so I wasn't technically alone but I had traveled alone anyway and one of the things to do there was to go out to a wadi. So a wadi, um, spelt W-A-D-I, is um, it, it used to be a big lake in the desert, but now it's 
dried up. Okay, so it's like where the lake used to be. Um, but anyway, it's still quite flat there and da, 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 da. And anyway, it's this experience that you can have where you can go and you can. So you drive out into the middle of the desert, right? <laughs> yes, I did this. <laughs> I drove out with a stranger into the middle of the desert. <laughs> we left at dusk. It was pitch black when we're getting into the middle of the desert. There are, I kid you not, camels running around us the guy doesn't have his headlights on because in some parts of the middle east they don't believe in using your headlights so there's no headlights on i don't know where we are um but that's kind of the thrill for me as well um and then anyway i can start to hear some music and then i start to see lights off in the distance and so we drive toward those lights and here i am at this great big wadi now the wadi is um a big lake it's probably about the size of an oval like that you would have at your local park um and it has some big tents on it and i get out of the car and i see that you know there's a great big like banquet tent and um there's all this beautiful um you know jordanian food out on the traditional foods like you know tangines and all that sort of stuff um lots of different rices and breads and um dips and stuff like meat you know very big on carveries and things like that lots of meats um cooking and lots of goats cooking and camels are cooking and all this sort of stuff and um the smells are amazing and the spices are amazing and the music is amazing because it's music i haven't heard before you know it's um arabic music there's lots of bells and jingling bells and like the sounds that you hear on a belly dancer's skirt you know um there's musical instruments i've never heard before and it's just so 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 heady and you just love it right so i throw my bag down and um, i get something to eat and you know everybody here is from uh, you know from the local area except me <laughs> that's fine and then after we eat we go to this other part of the kind of oval if you like then there's no sand as I said it's the middle of the de there's no sand there's no grass it's the middle of the desert and I'm there in the middle of the desert and it was my first time at like a desert I'm gonna call it a desert disco um but it was so interesting because all the men dance with the men and all the women dance with the women because culturally the two aren't allowed to mingle right so you've got this one sort of space out in the desert and there's guys banging drums, there's guys with the bells, there's guys with clarinet type things and, you know, snake charmer um, instruments and all of that sort of stuff's happening. It's just wild music. And I just sat back and I watched the men dance and the way that the men were dancing with each other was beautiful and I could see that energy but also the love that they had for each other so in the middle east it's really common for um because there's this separation of men and women um it was really common there for men to interact with each other in a way i wasn't used to back in australia like the men would walk around holding hands the men would kiss each other the men would um do you know what i mean like just things that i hadn't experience before I was experiencing and the way that they were dancing with each other it was kind of like 
um, mating rituals in a way. Like if I think about myself going to, you know, the 21st century dance club in Frankston <laughs> back in the day with the strawberry flavoured smoke and the rotating dance floor, um, I can remember like the type of dancing that the guys would do and the type of dancing we would do back and it was this whole ritual, right? Um, well, over here in the Wadi in um, Petra, uh it wasn't like that it was like that but different because the men were doing that to each other over there and the women were doing that to each other over there and so it was really interesting to observe that and then to be you know the women pulled me up and I started dancing with them and then the women were dancing toward me and then I was dancing toward them and it was all magic right anyway so we're loving it and it turns out that um there's a guy there and he speaks English. So really they're, they're not meant to um, mix the men with the women, um, but maybe because we're in the desert away from the police, um, you know, there was a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere because when we went back to have, so there's no alcohol obviously, um, but when we went back to have drinks, which is like all kinds of nectars, um, we went to have some nectar and one of the men was pouring as I was approaching and we started to talk um, and I was telling him how much I really appreciated being part of the evening and, you know, having that experience. And he was sharing with me that one of the things in the culture around the music is that um, they believe that music is a way that you going to try and put it in language that we will all understand and be familiar with but um so I hope I don't get this wrong or, or misinterpret it for you but for them music is a way to loosen um unblock blocks that you might have towards being your authentic self right they believe that um, you know, in your heart or in your soul around that area, a block like, I don't know, something you believe, um, perhaps um, something you don't want, something you're hanging on to. They believe that that kind of, um, you know, forms a shell, if you like, around around who you really are or around your heart or it blocks, it blocks, it disconnects you from being able to connect with um, you know, what we would call a higher power. Okay. So I'm just putting it in our language here, but anyway, what we might call a, a higher power. Um, and that music is a way of loosening, um, that wall helping that wall crumble a little bit. And when that wall crumbles a little bit, it allows your, soul or your heart or that space within you um, that's you know maybe empty um, to receive right to receive nourishment to receive um, I want to say flow to receive flow to fill your cup to you, you know your cup your chalice is your soul right so they believe that's the purpose of music and that's what the drums are about and that's what the percussion is about and that's what the fast beating of the drums with the hands is about. It's about trying to break up that stuff that's around your heart that's um, 
impacting or stopping or preventing or limiting um, your connection to the divine. They call it something else. But anyway, um, the, the message is the same message, regardless of the language that we use, I believe. So, yeah. And then, you know, I went to bed that night in my little tent, which was a whole other story because there was a drama there. Um, but because I, I was the only white woman there. Right. So, um, I, well, yeah, I was clearly a tourist. I clearly did not belong. Right. I went, this is, I'll just go aside and tell you what happened. But I went into my little tent, right? And then I'm in the tent and I've got a sleeping bag. I'm in my jeans. I'm in my windshield. I'm feeling very nervous because when it's quiet in the desert, it is, the silence is deafening. I cannot tell you. Like there is nothing like it. You can hear everything. Um, even though it's so, 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 so quiet. And I was there and I was in my little tent and the tent did up with um, eyelets and ties. So there was like from the inside of the tent, you have um, a little tie about as long as a shoelace and you thread it through um, the eyelet of each flap of the tent and then you tie it into a little bow on the inside, right? That's how you close your tent. It wasn't zip up, lock up, anything like that. Anyway. I was there and I don't know what time it was, um, but I started to hear footsteps. And so my spidey senses, you know, trigger and I'm thinking, oh, no, what's going to happen now? I'm going to get raped and left for dead in the desert and da-da-da-da-da. And um, Anyway, the footsteps start coming closer and closer and closer. And then I didn't know what to do. So I got my phone and I got the phone under the um, sleeping bag. And of course, I've got no signal, right? There's not, there's no bars on my phone whatsoever. And I'm, yeah, I'm scared, right? I can hear the blood in my ears, like, boom, boom, my heart is going to beat through my chest seriously I could feel my heart thudding from the inside trying to burst through my chest and then oh my god the most horrible thing I can still remember it now so it's oh it was like so dark in my tent but there was still some light from the fires outside from our fire pits that we lit and I saw I kid you not every single one of those ties get untied the hand came in it reached for a tie it untied my bow and then it went down for the next bow until all the bows were gone I had nowhere to run nowhere to hide nothing to defend myself with I only had my phone which had no reception Next thing you know, there are three guys looking at me in my tent and they all hold up a camera and start taking photos of me. I don't know what that was about. Um, I just got such a fright. The lights from the flashes was blinding. I squealed. Um, and then, yeah, what did I do? I squealed and then I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and then they ran off. I think they expected that I was going to be asleep. But I wasn't because I heard them coming. I never found out what happened to those photos. I don't know why they took those photos. Like, I don't, uh, your mind could go 
crazy, which mine did. (laughs) And I did not sleep a wink. And then the next morning I was thinking, how on earth am I going to get out of here? I don't know anyone. And I kind of feel like maybe the guy that brought me down here was one of the ones who took the photos. (laughs) I didn't know. But guess what? I had no choice but to get in the car with the guy who brought me down. Oh, anyway, I'm so, so, so. I was talking to someone during the week and she was saying, geez, you've been protected. (laughs) I was like, you know what? I think I have. (laughs) I have really been protected. I really have some amazing, I don't know, you know, I never believed really in guardian angels or anything like that, but I don't know. I was definitely divinely protected um, because nothing happened as a result of it. But my point was that I just wanted to share with you the story of the music and what that does in terms of breaking up the energy around you know any blocks that you have to connect in with your flow and so now I understand why for the feminine having movement and having music are so important like I understand that it's because um, those two things together can vibrationally break up anything that might be stopping you from connecting to receiving divine flow from receiving inspiration from receiving in 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 general full stop so there's some things that I wanted to share with you not necessarily the stories though I know that some of you like them (laughs) Um, but the the learning and the lesson from the story when it comes to being in flow and so I was thinking about this last night when I went to bed and so Uh, I was thinking maybe when I get up in the morning, I'm going to book myself a massage so that I can allow myself to receive, I can disconnect, I can do those things and maybe I can open up to flow. Um, But then I thought, no, I think I'm going to book myself in for for an hammam. So that's what I'm doing. Um, And I'm really, 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 really excited about it. And I can't wait to experience it again. Um, And yeah, it's just like, oh, the best feeling in the world. And I also, when I get off this podcast, I really want to go and listen to some music now. And I really want to move my body now. And I really want to get off social media today. Um, I will maybe check it later tonight because I've got groups and I want to let people into the groups, of course, and um, check in on my members in my paid groups and make sure they're all okay with everything. But basically, I think today I'm just going to do stuff that fills my soul and I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just going to allow myself to enjoy it. And I just wanted to share that with you because, you know, um, cultivating the feminine energy doesn't have to be the boring, same old, same old, like give yourself a new experience. This is what I, I rediscovered about myself when I was thinking about the hammam last night, what I rediscovered about myself was one of the things that really makes me feel full and, um, connected and lit up is new experiences I love new experiences I love seeing new things hearing new things learning new things I love that right and and traveling I really love all of that stuff and that's what fills my cup more than um I guess having a bath or um you know giving myself a facial or or something like that i i can i connected last night back in with what really lights me up and i want you to take away from this call today that when you do things that really light you up 
you create space for flow and with that flow you make space for receiving and that's what I wanted to share with you today so I hope this was a helpful episode I hope it was really powerful and thank you so much for listening I really 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 appreciate you bye for now I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter, and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.